In this episode, I'm joined by hip-hop artist, domestic engineer, and humanitarian Maniac Flame. Maniac Flame's love for creating music goes far beyond mere passion. It's a calling that rivals the importance of his own family. In this episode, have the opportunity to explore his musical journey, discovering the dedication, motivation, and truth that fuels his lyrical stylings. From his northern Vallejo, California origins to the vibrant Bay Area music scene, Maniac Flame draws inspiration from his surroundings, infusing his music with the unique essence of his hometown. Please welcome Maniac Flame. Man, I'm excited to have you on the show today. Do me a favor, bro. Introduce yourself to the audience and let them know who you are, please. How y'all doing, man? Maniac Flame Flame. Mr. I don't know them, but they know me now. Man, I'm here live <laughs> with my guy, Sean. And I'm just I'm just blessed, man. I'm happy to be here. Love to be a part of something like this and chop game and, and get some game, you know, from my, from my peers and my elders, man. Much love. Yeah, yeah. We, we're going to dive into some things today. Uh, my man's a hip-hop artist. And as you guys know, you guys know me. Um, I could do the introduction and the build up and the whole nine, but there are always things that get left out. Uh, if I talk to them before or after the show that I wish I expounded on. So as opposed to me doing that, like I always do, I'm going to let Flame tell you who he is. Yes, indeed, man. So my real name is Tremaine. My artist name, Maniac Flame. I'm from Vallejo, California, like he said, North Vallejo, the Crest, man. Um, a lot of legendary people come out of our region. Mac Dre, Mac Ma, Doobie. We got E-40, et cetera, man. And, um, you know, I'm just a father first, artist always, entrepreneur. You know, I love my craft. I love what I do. I take my music very seriously. I've been doing it for a while. Um, was motivated by my mom, who also did records and did music when I was a young kid. Oh mm. um, man, I played ball in college, got a full ride scholarship to University of Arizona and had yeah. little stints in the NFL. So, um, <laughs> man, I'm just blessed, man. I'm <laughs> I'm back doing my music and focusing on what I love to do. I make great music. I'm not a guy that's just trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I do feel like I'm a different artist than most. I don't make with what the masses in the world and the, and the negativity music that people might want to hear. I, I make music that you can look yourself in the mirror at and you can relate to and be motivated by and, you know, just push yourself to a different narrative and a different lifestyle. So mm. that's what I'm trying to bring to hip hop, bring that real raw authenticity from, uh, from the old ways, man, just real hip hop, real storytelling. Um, not trying to be gimmicky, just trying to stay true to myself. And I just hope, you know, you enjoy when you go check me out. Yeah, feeling that 100%. And to my point, didn't know you were an ex-athlete, man. Didn't know you played ball. Didn't know any of that. So, <laughs> and chances are we're going to touch on some of that as we go. Um, I do know that you're a father, and we can always connect uh, from that from that standpoint. Um, you got youngins. I have two boys that everybody knows me. You know, that is my world. So, um, man, Vallejo, bro. Hot, hot, wait. How is, and I've been through there. I've never been there to stay, but how is that? For people who don't know where Vallejo, California is. Man, I mean, it's just our little, you know, like like Mac Dre said, we the itty bitty city by the water. Um, small city between like, you know, Sacramento, Oakland, Richmond, and all mm -hmm. of those, you know, San Francisco. So we like in the middle in between the both sides. Um, 
a, just a small city just built with a lot of talent and a lot of just, you know, people that's trying to make it out. I mean, it's a, it's a great city. It has its ups and downs. You know, every city has violence, has its good. Right. Right. Um, but I love my city, man. It, it, you yeah. know, it made me who I am and it made a lot of legends, man. We got people like her. A lot of people don't know her is from Vallejo. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like I said, I mean, our favorite is obviously Mac Dre a true legend in our community um, and in our city that just put on the whole region and the whole Bay area. So, and like I said, E40 as well, but it's a great city, a lot of good food, good people, um, a good place to go visit. We always had Marine world, which is discovery kingdom now. Um, So that's been one of our staples for a long time. Um, But yeah, man, like I said, just a great city, very small, but a great city, a lot of talent coming out of there, a lot of good artists. Um, and anybody out there looking for somebody new to listen to should check, definitely check out new uh, up-and-coming Vallejo artists. And we have LaRussell doing this thing right now yeah. from Vallejo, California. Right. So, yeah, man, we're doing, we, we doing it big, man. We're trying to bring that Vallejo, you know, that energy back to the masses, man, and just try to push it to a new level. Yeah, the crest, bro. The, the, the crest, I agree. Yes, I got sir. a family in Oakland, Tracy, and Hayward. Like I say, you know, I've, I've been through there, uh, through Vallejo, but I ain't never stayed there. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, familiar with some of the people who have come through. And uh, for our audience, uh, Flame and I have a mutual friend in Ed. Ed's from Philly. So when Ed contacted me regarding uh, my man right here, I, I just assumed he was from Philadelphia also. <laughs> and Ed was like, no, he's from Vallejo. I was like, Vallejo? I was like, okay, you know, man, because the majority of people that I've uh, that I've contact, I've had interaction with on the show, the majority of them are not from California. They're not um, interviewing somebody a little later today who's in uh, Bali, India. So oh, yeah, yeah like, all, all over, man. And the most important thing with me is that they have a story to tell, and you know that the promotion part always comes along with that. And so, just so you know, brother, once again, this is unedited. And it's unfiltered. So uh, you say however you need to say, put it however you need to put it. And that, that's what we're going to do today. Talk about the name, Maniac Flame. Where'd that come from? Yeah, so the name came from, uh, my name is Tremaine. So the main, with the Maniac part, kind of, you know, it was kind of an easy draw. And I used to talk to this girl, um, and we were pretty cool. And, like, she's always telling me, like, you're, you're always so motivated. You're so persistent. Like, you you go so crazy for what you're trying to do and she started calling me maniac mm-hmm. and uh it just stuck with me right when she said it i was like i like that you know like that that kind of fits my my drive and my hunger to you know be who i want to be and i maniac ain't the crazy like i'm a crazy man or anything <laughs> like that but you know it just represents the drive and you know my effort i like to put towards anything i'm doing um and then the flame part is just like ever since I was young, I used to freestyle. Um, and that's always been my thing. And, you know, all my elders, my mom, my peers, always, man, you know, you, you be flame and you flame, you flame. So, like, I just put them together um, just to kind of have some different, you know, something that's something that, you, you know, you're not really used to hearing. I know in hip hop, you have all different type of names and um People have their own thing, you know. I didn't. I didn't want to go with just my direct name, um, so I just wanted to do something unique, like a wrestler name, you know, something mm. that's like something that as soon as you said, it, it's like, oh, maniac flame. Like, who is that? It's kind of an exciting thing to to say and to think about. So, 
I came up with it with that. So shout out to everybody that was involved in helping me get that done. I appreciate them. Yeah, 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 man. You know, shout out to whoever you need to shout out, brother. This, this is the platform to do it. Um, you said you've been freestyling since you were a little. Where did where did that influence come? Was it um, because of the environment you were in? Did you have someone close to you uh, and a family, or how did that come about? What what were your influences there? Man, truly, my environment was right on point. Um, my mom did music, so like I used to when I was younger, um, I used to always be with my mom. She was a single mom, so like I used to, I used to be with her. My brother was already like playing sports and stuff, so I used to always go to with my mom to the studio, um, and she was working on an album, and we were like in the studio, me, her, Max, Dre, a couple other guys, and my mom was doing her album. So like after every session of the album, they would let me freestyle um, in the booth just to kind of like. And Mac Dre was kind of like, yeah, get in there, get in there, like kind of like motivated me to get in there, hype me up. Um, and I just jumped in there. And I remember the first time I, I went in there, man, I, I did a crazy freestyle. And like it was all showing me love and and I got super excited. So I'm like, so I was super excited and I just had a good time. And like after that. It was like, at, from that point on, I was kind of like, okay, they hyped me up. I'm ready to go. Like, this is what I want to do. So <laughs> I started like going home all the time, listening, sitting in front of the little old school radio, man, and just listening to songs. And I would just freestyle over records all day for hours and hours. And it just kind of stuck with me after that. And I was the kid like, like hey, bust a freestyle, man, bust a freestyle, bust a freestyle. So it just became my thing and I and honestly it made me a better rapper to the point I am today where I just developed a lot of ways to rap, way to use my cadence, and you know, now I'm here. So man, it's just you know, everything happens for a reason. So those mm -hmm. those are great times. Yeah, I get that, man. Uh was that a um and I won't say a backup plan, you know. I I, I mean, they always talk about that backup plan thing. I think whatever you're called to do, you're gonna do regardless, no matter what field you're in. And just because you're in one field doesn't mean you're meant to stay in that field. How hard was that transition? Because I know uh, the the football thing you really enjoyed. How how hard was that transition into music? And I, I'm not sure if it fell through or how did that come about? Where you went from being all in and in, in a particular sport to what you do now? How did that come about? Man, honestly, like so for sports, man, I got a full ride scholarship. Um, out of high school at the University of Arizona for football. Um, I played all four years, had a great career, man. Um, I made the all-decade team for my for my school, which is a blessing. Um, you know, I, I was in the draft 2014. I didn't get drafted, um, which was very surprising. Um, and after that, I just did workouts and stuff for teams and just kept pushing for like a year or two after that. Um, and then when it was time to transition, it definitely was tough, but it was easier for me just because like trans just just making that transition to music was, was nothing. It was like, you know, it was basically my my second love of what I love to do. Yeah. And sports and music was in the same realm for me. Like I did them both equal evenly i couldn't do it as much when i was in college like when i was in college it's not how it is now where you can have a personality you can have hobbies and you know you can 
do NIL and like basically use your personality and your talents to get more attention. So it was my time. It was like, you focus on ball. That's what you do. You do nothing else but ball. So I kind of had to put my music like in the back burner. I would do songs and stuff and put it on SoundCloud and like, just keep it low key. Um, But the transition, it was tough just because it was like, I gave my whole life to sports and, you know, like I didn't really get to be a kid growing up. I did so much sports and mm-hmm. didn't get to learn certain things that a young man needs to learn and things like that, et cetera. So it was like, you know, it was a lot transitioning because it's like, man, I worked my whole life for this. I made it through college. I did the right thing. I never got in trouble. Um, my play on the field was great. So there's no way I, you know, in my mind and a lot of people's minds where I shouldn't have been in, in the, even in the position I was in. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say on this podcast while I'm on here and it kind of gives some game to anybody that's trying to come up and go to college and sports. I know it's different now, but, you know, we as a kid, we grew up like everything. Sports is fun. It's fun. It's fun. And then we don't realize, especially if you don't have no people around you, like my dad wasn't around. My mom was single. She didn't really understand the the process of it. And. Um, like if you don't have your people around and you don't have a foundation and something behind you, you got to understand it's going to be tougher because when you do get to college, it ain't just about being good and, and how fun playing the game is, which it should be about. It should be about your game and how you carry yourself. But then it gets political. It gets, oh, uh, this coach might not like you. Like in my situation, the coach I ended with wasn't the coach that recruited me. The coach that recruited me got fired. So the guy that I ended with, he had no, he had no real love and loyalty towards me. So, and and any of my other teammates that I that we that I ended with, um, we finished top ten in the nation and all of that. None of our players got drafted, picked up, or anything, um, which is which was crazy. So, just for any young guys out there, man, make sure when you do go to college, you playing sports, man, make sure your family there to support you. Understand there is politics in the game, so. You know, you got to play the game, you know, and um, mm. that's just part of the process, man. And, you know, that's something that I talk about in my music a lot. I try to convey that in my music, especially with the transition. My first album that I did when I did transition was called Adversity. Um, and it has a picture of me and then it has a, it's like cut off half of me in a football picture and just kind of telling that story of like transitioning to the next phase of my life and how my situation went and how it happened. And the, I felt like I was vulnerable then. Um, but now as an artist, as I got older, I feel like I'm even way more vulnerable where um, like when I study music and study certain artists, they say you, you don't really become your true artist until you really become fully vulnerable and able to tell everything. And mm-hmm. I think now I'm fully at that place where like all this new stuff I'm about to start putting out is going to be monumental because I feel like I'm opening up even way more. I feel like then when I made the first album, I was opening up, but I was still healing from it. So it was certain right. things that I didn't want to say and didn't want to put out there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's like that transition was important for me to do that album and to go to the next step. And then just having that belief in myself, like obviously I had people, oh, you you should stick to football. You should do this and, and all of that. And my son was young. He was just maybe one years old at the time, two years old. So it was like, I can't sit around and, you know, not have nothing going and my little boy is growing and 
I'm, I'm still trying to dream and I'm doing everything, going to workouts, you know, kissing ass, et cetera, et cetera, um, just to try to get into that NFL organization. And it, it just didn't work out for me. And, you know, and I, and I finally got to the point where I understood that and was able to be like, all right, I can move on and go do something that makes me happy and just try to use my words and my music and tell my story to better myself as a man. And that's what I've been doing. That's been my journey. Man, yeah, I, I applaud you, bro. I, I really do. Um, I, you know, most people know I've been in the fitness industry for more than thirty years, and trained athletes, uh, pros, novice, beginners, high school, whatever level, and uh, a lot, a lot of rehabs. And watching some of the ones who have come through, and I'll be real short with this, but watching some of the ones who have come through, who cannot wrap their minds around, or who've had uh, challenges wrapping their minds around, well, this is not what I'm going to do anymore. This is not what I'm meant to do. And to watch that struggle where they just can't take that next step initially, I know it's not easy. And I've seen what that pain looks like on people and their families. So with that, I applaud you, brother. I really yeah. do. So, you know, I, Thank I, yeah, you. No, no, man, real talk, brother. That, that, that takes strength. You know, to push through any barrier takes some kind of strength, you know. So that right there, that takes strength. You talked about the message, you being transparent now, and how that is translated into your music. Talk, talk about the message in, in, in your music, or how do you find your motivation for the messages in your music, and what, what do you hope to achieve with that? Man, I like that question. Um, It's just with me, with me personally, it's like, I just want to be real in my music all the time. Like, I'm not the type of artist that'll just be like, oh, this is this is what everybody's talking about. Let me jump on this subject. Um, I'm just not that type of guy. Like, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to speak on my life, my experiences, my experience with my friends or the people around me, things that I see that actually happen in the real world, not on social media or on YouTube or here and there. It's like, I focus on real world life activity um, and just true experiences. Like my motivation, you know, for sure is my son. As he gets older, I just get more and more motivated with trying to be my best and trying to present the best message possible. Like when my son goes listen to my music, I don't want him to hear something totally different than what I'm showing him every day. So, right. you know, it's about the kids. Um, it's about everyone in the world. You know, I have a worldwide of different type of fans that reach out to me and tell me my music helps them get through depression, keeps them motivated to want to do their job or their career. And I'm just about motivating people and trying to have a positive message. And my whole thing that I always preach on is changing the narrative. Um, and I've been speaking on changing the narrative for like four or five years now. And um, I always tell like people on my team, like, a lot of things that I talk about or I bring up, um, like it always before it happens or before it comes around. And then like people will come back to me like, man, you was talking about this three years ago. Now I hear everybody talking about this, like even with the narrative thing right now, like mm -hmm. before the George Floyd and um, before Nipsey Hussle passed, like I was preaching that independent coming together, um, teamwork, man, changing the narrative you know, pushing the positivity, like even you can hear a lot of my records are, are right on point with that. And then like, I tell you all the time when, um, when Nipsey passed, RP Nipsey as well, man, when, when he passed, 
I just tell people like hip hop changed and it was it was it was in that it was already in that mode of changing just because Nipsey was bringing a different a different mindset to music and um I think everybody started catching on to him and started like realizing what his vision was and that's why I say like I'm in that class of the visionaries where like we see these things years before we see them way down the road and a lot of people think you, um, oh, what he talking, man, whatever. He, he just talking, and then it comes to fruition. Like mm-hmm. Nipsey said, all that weird, weirdo rap stuff is done. And the what happened after he died two years later, now that music doesn't really exist in hip-hop into the masses anymore. And it's, it's trying to stay alive, but it's dying because it's not real. It's not genuine. It's not something that everybody can relate to. So I try yeah. to stay in my lane. I mean, I've been told by people that I know, like, man, your music is, it goes over my head. Like, it's too its too positive. Or when I listen to it, it makes me feel a certain way. So I don't like listening to it sometimes. And then mm-hmm. now they reach out to me years later and be like, nah, I get what you were saying. Like, I get the message now. Like, I get what you was trying to put across. And at the time when I heard it, I didn't get it because my mind wasn't there. So, like, and this just happened to me like two weeks ago and it just, it motivated me more to just keep doing my music. Cause I'm like, it does take time for people to understand the real, because we live in this. So it's such a fabricated world on the media. Everything is like smoke. It's all smoke mm-hmm. in your face. It's not really the real, it's not a clear vision mm-hmm. to where we can focus on what's really going on better. And I speak on all of that and I speak on my issues and my trauma and what goes on in the world and just to tell a true story and give a and, and like kind of paint a picture and create a movie with my words and i just stay in my lane i don't try to bounce around and jump and i just stay true to my message and i just want to change the narrative i want people to understand it's okay to be positive it's okay to be a good man it's okay to rap about good things and mm-hmm. still get noticed you don't gotta push the needle to go do something that's not in your realm of life to get the attention you need. So that's what I'm focused on. Yes, man. Uh, um, you know, you just, the wheels are turning, you know, just co- collecting everything that you just said. And to your point, man, to your point, I'm, I'm older than you uh, by far. Uh, one thing that will never get old, society may try and make it get old, but one thing that will never get old where people will be able to identify with it is a message. Um, I remember when hip hop first started. I remember when rap first started in the 70s and that kind of thing, Sugar Hill Gang. And it, it's just storytelling, you know, it's storytelling. And we've gotten to your to your point, uh, as a society, as a culture, we've gotten away from that where you know people boogie in and they they just said they just sell it. They they're selling what's hot. They're selling a vision that is most of it's non-attainable, you know, and to, to no one's fault because, you know, make your money. Uh, but on the flip side of that, man, your influences and the messages that you put out play a part not only in what you have going on, but in for us as a society also. So I applaud you for the positive thing that you're trying to do and trying to bring it back, man. And it doesn't sell. It's not as sexy as somebody shaking their ass or, or offering you something that's detrimental to you mentally not just physically uh but some things you can't come back from but it 
the message is the, the message that comes across is what you want people nodding their head to. And that's what I miss. I miss that. I miss being able to listen to a song no matter what genre it's in and being able to identify with that. You know, and it doesn't have to be anything political. It can be. It doesn't have to be anything serious. It can be. But if you have the ability to combine those things, it, it, it will do what it's supposed to do. Yes, you know, it will do what it's supposed to do. Real quick, and I'm being a little long-winded, um, I used to teach these hip-hop classes to my nieces and nephews who were coming up. And they weren't like organized classes or anything like that. But I just let them listen to some of the lyrics and tell me what it means. Like if you listen to Sugar Hill Gangs, you know, um, you know, after school I take I took a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. Yeah. I said, what does that mean? What does that mean? I was like, it's nothing. He doesn't have a swimming pool. It just means he took a shower. Oh, and just to, <laughs> just just to put it in that context to get yeah. them to think and understand how dope that is, where you can take those lyrics and paint a picture. Yeah, and man. for them to finally get it where you see that light bulb go off in their head, that's the dopest part for me. You talked about your influences, man, and how your career has trans transitioned. And I, I, you come from an area culturally, bro, where you guys have it together. You have a goulash of things that are going on up there. You always have. Um, and you guys, that area has always been in the forefront, especially for black and brown people um, yeah, coming up here. Here. It, particularly here in the state of California. So I, you know, looking around, you've always had that going on. So talk about how the influences up there combine with you being a father, change your vision of what it is you should be doing uh, with the message in your music. And if not, you've always had that, if you've always had that on you, where it's like, you know, I'm a, this is what I want to do. And this is the message I want to convey. Or was yeah. it like, you know what? That's man, you know, I thought about I, I'm watching things happen. You know, I have a responsibility to people other than me, particularly my son. So I want to go another route. How, how, how did that come about for you? Man, great questions, man. Like, I got to commend you because this is the type of stuff I like to get into. Um, just to answer that, man, it's like, like you said, culturally in Bay Area. Um, just in history, I mean, we had Black Panthers. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I grew up around, you know, in poverty, you know, the crack, you know, the the, the last of the crack air. Um, and I've seen a lot of my family, you know, the dynamic of my family get messed up, get torn down um, by that era. Um in that in, in that time, you know, with the drugs and everything and you know, and it's just like I've always had this like being observant way of like I'm I'm watching all of these things and like I'm seeing everything and I always knew someday that I wanted to be somebody that could either bring change um or try to just create change for my people. And not just my family, but all my people around that I grew up with. I used to, I, I remember when I was young, I wrote a letter to one of my aunties about her, um, like, getting clean, you know, and just letting her know, like, I love you. And, like, I don't see you as this. I see you as a different person. But I do know you do these things because I'm aware of them. And um, I, I'll never forget that moment because that changed her life. And she was able to become clean and things like that. And, um but like having my son and 
Like when I first started doing music, my message was, you know, it was just me kind of releasing the anger and trying to, you know, get off what I needed to get off. And then as I got older, man, I just started, like you said, seeing things, the environment, moving back to my city after, you know, being in college and seeing like, you know, a lot of things haven't changed. You know, there's mm. still the negativity. There's still a new new drugs, but still drugs that mm. are affecting the community. Um, and like, I just knew like rapping about anything else wasn't for me. You know, like it just wasn't my thing. And I always wanted to be who I was. I always wanted to be Tremaine. I never wanted to fit in or try to prove to a certain group or a certain type of party like hey look I'm, I'm I can do this too and it's like I just always wanted to be that person I never wanted to go with just what everybody else was doing and I knew like nobody else talks about this stuff they're afraid to I'm not afraid hmm. I'm not afraid to speak my mind I'm not afraid to speak on what I face and what my people face and I think it's important and um it's just like, it's something that I'm into, man. Like, I can't really say like, you know, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, I knew I was going to be this way, but the type of person I am, it, it just makes sense. It makes sense for me to be in this lane. Um, I've always been different from the, from the crowd. I've always tried to stand out and do something important. And like you said, having my son, man, it's just like, like I said, I want my son to be able to listen to me and know. Like, yeah, my dad is giving out a real message. His music means something, you know, it's, it's not just some stuff to throw out there and to sell, like you said. Um, and it's like, you know, a lot of things going, like when the George Floyd thing happened, I made a song called We Want Different. Um, that was just, it's a great song, man. Like, it's, like I said, people, after they hear me on here, you know, I'm praying that they go listen. And, I'm a, and I got so much stuff coming ahead that I haven't even dropped yet because it's like I have a message and I have to put it out there right with with the timing of it and everything and mm -hmm. I'm on my way back to a lot of a lot more consistent dropping of that narrative um just to just to put it out there in this time of need like I feel like there's a void in music and hip-hop like they have this statistic going around now like there hasn't been this is the first time in what 30 years that we haven't had a, a hip-hop number one hit or a number one album Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like signs like that, that's that, that talks to me like, Hey, what's, Hey, what you doing, man? Like get that stuff out there. Come feel this void in hip hop. Come, come bring that message forward so we can get rid of all of this non talking nonsense, basically. That's not getting us anywhere. You know? mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm just always wanted to be the guy that told the truth and spoke on my community and helped my community, whether I was playing sports or anything, I was always about the community, I always came back to my community, worked out kids and did stuff for the kids and stuff. And I do that now with my coaching and et cetera. So it's just like, man, I'm just trying to be a different light for the game and for people to go to. Like I tell them, take a different route. I can give you something else to listen to, you know? So that's, that's where I'm at with me. Yeah, yeah, shoot, man. Uh, real talk, bro. Like I said, we can talk children all day. Yes, sir. Uh, I coached. I've coached high school baseball. Uh, so I've been a personal trainer for more than 30 years, but uh, I will never, ever uh, stray away from children. N number one, and just me talking about me real quickly, 
it, it always, their energy is contagious, number yeah. one. Uh, they are the most honest people you ever want to be around. <laughs> if they're, the, if they're the most honest people to a fault that you ever wanted. You want somebody to tell you about you? And if they, man, ask a child. Ask a child or an older person because there is no filter. Um, yes, and I, that's I wanted to talk to you about your in, the, the influence you have on, on the kids coaching. And I know that based on you growing up as an athlete, I, I know you know firsthand the benefits of a competitive atmosphere. Um, and sometimes that can be negative, but if done the right way, you know, it, it's a positive in everybody's life. I believe every child should play some kind of competitive sport just to have that experience in my yes. opinion. Let, let, let's let's finish up on the hip hop thing, man. Do you see you personally, and not, not with what you're putting out, do you see it changing for the good or do you see it, you see it staying where it is, where, where it's just, I won't say non-existent, uh, but the influence that it previously had, do you think people are tired of it? Yeah, I do think people are tired of it. I think, um, with all the violence that comes that's coming with it and the more negativity that gets pushed forward, you starting to see people like, yeah, I'm tired is to where you can see those type of artists that are so invested in with their negative message, even though, and I'm not trying to say like they're bad people because their message could just be representing their reality. Mm -hmm. So I don't look at it like, Oh, they're, but it also is like you got to be responsible for what you're putting out there. So, like, just for an example, like a guy like Little Dirt, um, yeah. who's who's made a a ton of music the way he makes it, and then his his one of his recent records that he wanted to put to the masses was All My Life, which was kind of like more a, a whole different lane of what we're used to hearing from him, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then you hear him saying he wants to change his image and be positive, and then like NBA Young Boy speaking about how he recognizes his influence and what is done to kids, how it's, he started saying, stop the violence, you know, but then these guys still, and there's no knock to them or nothing. Like I support any black man or any artists out there, but like they say these things and a lot of artists do this where they say these things, but then they still continue to put out this certain type of music that's still pushing that negative influence. And mm -hmm. I think the, cons I think the consumers, as far as like older consumers, we're tired of it. Now there's a crowd that that's still stuck in there, but I don't think there's enough of them to keep that message continuing to just last another five to 10 years. I think that message is gonna fade away as time goes because like you said, people are tired of it. And like I tell people all the time from that Nipsey passing, the way he died. And I think that changed hip hop for the better. And I'm, I'm praying, in my mind, I'm praying that it goes to a better stance mm -hmm. rather than continuing down or getting worse or really becoming something that doesn't really exist anymore. Because in my, like me thinking differently, I'm thinking like this is what these powerful people want. They want this music to the tier. They want us to not be charting or have a number one hip hop album or hip hop song so they can say, look, this is why hip hop isn't good. This is why it doesn't work, because look at this. Isn't people are not into this violence anymore. They're not into this bad narrative. So they're going to try to push us back out. You got hip hop has been influencing the world. Another, another gem from Nipsey hip hop has been the number one influencer 
in the world for like the last 10 years over anything, television, whatever, sports, anything. It's been the number one influencer in the world for for the last decade. So, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea like how important hip hop is. It's why you have kids from every different life, every different way of the world, every different region. Their favorite thing is hip hop. They want to be like a hip hop guy. They want to dress. They want to talk. They want to have the appearance. So, you know, we just got to get it back to storytelling, being real and giving our consumers, if they're going to consume and eat up what we're saying, we just want it to be on a good diet rather than putting all this bad food in their systems. And then, you know, that just reflects on the future. So yeah, I'm bro, praying that it we gets could, back to where it needs to be. Yeah, we, we could do a whole show on this, man. Um, the influences of hip hop and what sells and you know and just just schooling people who may not know but we all know if we really think about it what whatever is hot what, whatever whatever narrative i can put out there and get enough people to connect with that is what's going to sell so from from a standpoint in which i can just look sit back look at it and watch you guys kill yourself that's exciting yeah that sells because the majority of people who buy hip hop and it's always been that way. Don't look like us. The majority of the people who purchase that stuff don't come from our neighborhoods. I'm not saying they don't support, but from a monetary standpoint, that is not primarily who, it, who it's been advertised to. It is so now. But back, I'm, I'm telling you, man, because we grew up, you know, we grew up when stuff was coming up. We grew up with West Coast rap, with gangster rap, you know, with Tupac, with Biggie. Um, and just to, to touch on what you said with Nipsey, man, and, you know, the, the, the lifestyle that he had prior to the epiphany, which went on in his life after becoming, you know, a father and that kind of thing, that changed the narrative in his music, that changed the narrative in his life and how he wanted to influence those coming up. Um, the, the, the sad part and the same thing with Pac is that the streets don't forget. Yeah. They do not. You know, you may you may want them to but they don't forget. And I was, I did this show recently where we were talking about uh, some of the influences and some of the people who have been in the game long enough to come out of it, not just survive it, but to come out of it and change that dynamic in which they had and that staple in which they had on themselves. If you look at Snoop, if yep. you look at Jay-Z, you look at the music and that kind of thing that they used to put out, Snoop still boogieing, but Snoop ain't walking around with a blue rag hanging out his pocket. He's hanging, he's, he's, he's you know, he's pushing sketchers, pushing sketchers, hanging out with Martha Stewart. He's on every, you know, every commercial now. So with that, to, to look at that dynamic on his life, he's just been in the game long enough to do it. You know, yeah. um, you know, on the flip side of that would be Pac. And Pac was always, you know, a, a liter you know, he, he was a literal guy. He's a very smart guy, active. Um, but playing around in the wrong pool. Playing, yeah. and that's that's what it was for him. It was playing around in the wrong pool. It would have been, you know what, man? Can you imagine what that would have been like if he would have had the people around with like, you know, stand stay in the game this long, get out the game, and we're gonna take you and put you at the forefront to change some lives in the inner city. Yeah, man. Could you imagine what he would be today? Can you It'd imagine what he would be today. Real talk. Yeah, you know, so. You know, and I, I'm, you know, I applaud the the bros who have gotten away from pushing alcohol, who have gotten away from pushing those things in which you know are always prevalent and always talked about in our neighborhood as a way to medicate. 
Yeah. Get it? So I so I applaud that, man, and some of the influences in which you just discussed. You know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, you, you are a father and that you're around kids and how that narrative has changed for you. Talk about your music, man. Talk, talk about what's next for you. And I know you spoke on that a little bit, but you expound on that and let people know where they can find you. Yeah, so just to start off, man, um, you can find all my music on all platforms at Maniac Flame. Um, on Spotify, they something happened with my one of my pages, so I do have an extra page on Spotify that you can just look up under Flame. But um, man, I'm I'm on everything, anything you can find music at, I'm on there. Um, as far as going forward with my music right now, I'm, I'm writing a lot of music and kind of preparing myself to drop, um, some, some great powerful music, some very, uh, storytelling music, um, just getting more in depth with my life and where I'm at in my life and what's going on in the world and just trying to continue to push my narrative and push my message out there. Um, like I said, I've been recently motivated by things that have been happening, um, I watched the Tupac Dear Mama series, um, super motivated by that, just to kind of get more, just get more in depth with Tupac and how he was in his career, because I'm a little younger, so I kind of got this last ending of him. Um, mm -hmm. But like, just with my music right now, man, I'm just continuing with my message. You're going to continue to hear great music, great production, um, great sounds, true rap, you know, clear, clear storytelling, clear clear understanding, you know, something that anybody can listen to, it can automatically relate to it from, from, from the first verse to the last verse, from the first bar to the last bar. Um, and I'm just focusing on pushing my narrative still and, and getting back on a consistent base of just pushing my narrative and getting people to hear what I'm trying to try to put out there in the world and put in the universe. And, you know, I'm coming, man. I got some special stuff lined up. I do have a really good plan on how I'm going to present my music and how I want to do my visuals and tell my story. I'm very excited about it. I do have new records out now that you can check out um, that they're just, just singles that I put out just to keep it going and, you know, keep people understanding. Like, I'm still pushing and I'm still pushing my narrative. Um, I got a song out right now that's called Black Man. Um that's very important to me and just speaking on, and it's about all men, but I just had to speak from my point of view, mm -hmm. um, just about how, you know, how we are in a, in a, a line that a lot of people love. Um, and the song is where I say, if I told you how I feel, would you think that I complain black man? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe people that might go over some heads, but you know, I know people that understand, understand. Mm -hmm. It's just simple, like as a man in general, but especially as a black man. Mm -hmm. And now I hear a lot about mental health, going to therapy mm -hmm. and all these things. And it's like, <laughs> right? that's, kinda, that's basically what I'm saying. Y'all tell us to be, y'all tell us, oh, yeah. go to therapy, do this. But when we do speak, it's like we're complaining. And yeah. so that's kind of what I'm, you know, trying to hit them with. Like, hey, if I told you how I feel, would you think that I complain? And it's just, yeah. it's just real life. And so I like, I mean, that's, and that's the messages I put out there. You know, that's what I want to convey to my people. And they're going to see this next wave, man. It's going to be a special wave. Um, I got a lot to say. Um, there's a lot been going on and 
I just feel like I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm just becoming the best artist I'm, I can be. And I'm always have room to grow. I want to learn. I want to gain knowledge, but being more vulnerable has made me better. And I'm just at that point now. And I think that's going to help me be able to put out the best product. So that's what I'm on. And that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah, shit, man. Yeah, bro. And I mean, that we could do a whole nother show. And I keep saying I'm, I'm going to do this, man, because I talk to young brothers, much like yourself, who have had that part together. You know, they had that part together as far as transparency, as far as vulnerability. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent on that because we are not taught that. We, we men particularly aren't taught that, especially men of color. Yes, We're not. Um, and for whatever reason, it, it's been, you know, portrayed as weakness when it is not. Uh, but if you put a top on a boiling pot, eventually that's going to have to go somewhere when that top comes off. Yes, when that sir. top comes off, it's going to have that that pressure is going to have to be given somewhere. Um, and for us, we're taught to hold it. Well, we're taught to depress it. We're taught to conceal it. We're taught to hide it. So when you you find someone and this is just for the ladies um, or, or, or somebody in general, you know, you find someone and they seem to have anger issues, you know, find out where that comes from. And I'm not, I'm not saying you got to deal with them. I, that's not what I'm saying. But being able to understand where that comes from goes a long way in forgiveness, which is the key component to any relationship. Yes, sir. Uh, we, 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 we have got to do better as a society, I, in my opinion. Um, you know what, man? I'm going to invite you back for that one. I'm definitely going to invite you back for that one since you have that part together. But as a society, we need to do better in supporting each other. We need to. We yeah. need to do better in expressing ourselves, whether that's journaling and a, a, as a man, I you know I have these thoughts in my head, but if I don't get them out, I'm going to give them to my wife. If yeah. I don't get them out, I'm going to give them to my employer. If I don't get them out, I'm going to give them to the street and all these places. If not received, when, when those places respond to you, giving them, giving you, give, giving those things, the response is going to be something that you don't want. And it's going to evoke an emotional reaction, which is another thing that you don't want because it's going to be a quick reaction. Yeah. So with that, man, brother, thank you for this, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do me, I need you to do me a favor. Whatever you put out, whatever you put out, you tag me and I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get it out there for you also. Man, I appreciate that. I definitely will. No, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I need to learn to just start saying you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, man. But you deserve that, bro. You deserve that. And the thing is, you know, people, you, you've got to start looking at it. When, when someone's doing something positive, like my man, Maniac Flame here, he's doing something positive. You want to promote that. You want to promote that the same way you promote people who you don't know. And you don't know their backgrounds and you don't know their lifestyles, but you see them and hear what they're putting out because they're putting their best effort or best foot forward and they're giving you what they want you to see. That's so nice. go go and support my guy, man. Um, father, uh, domestic engineer, artist, uh, humanitarian, athlete. All those things, man. And th those are all positive. So, brother, thank you for doing that with me. Thank you for doing this with me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. I'm going to get at you in a little bit, bro. Enjoy the rest of your day. I heard your son uh, coming in the room a little earlier. You said you got your nephew over there also, huh? 
Yes, sir. You know, stay with the <laughs> stay with the boys, man. We keep them on. Man, telling you, um, and we, man, that's that's a whole nother show. I may invite you to that one also because we're gonna do one on the influences of uh, on black fatherhood because there's that narrative that black men, you know, aren't 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 part of black black children's lives, yeah. and that's not true. Yeah. That that's, that's not just true, not man. true. That narrative has been not pushed true. forever, and it is not true. So because like, I got gonna, my son by myself right now, so man, bruh, been yeah. there. So been, been there, uh-huh. and I and man. I, I, and to be honest, man, I this is probably one of the I I, I got to shout you out, man, because this is one of the best interviews I ever had in my whole career. Like the the questions you asked, man, and the way you the way you doing and everything you saying, man, I you know I commend you and I and and it's like more artists need this type of stuff, and it's like we need this type of media and people that are gonna really ask questions that mean something and matter. So, you know, I, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate you, man. This is a blessing. Um, I'm going to always remember this interview and it's going to motivate me to write better music too. Like right now I'm going to get the boys right and I'm going to get to writing. Cause <laughs> I, I, I just feel a good energy right now. So, I mean, I, I want to thank you for having me. Shout out my OG Eddie, man, for lying. Yes, sir. For me. Yes, sir. Shout yes, out sir. my family. My fans and my team, shout out my team, Tizzo team, man. And shout out all hip-hop artists, black men and men, women out there, man. Just follow your dreams. Do your best. Don't listen to the outside noise. Just focus on the inside. That's why we say Tizzo is, is our brand. It's tuned in, zoned out. So you tune yeah. in to your craft. You zone out all the distraction and all the naysayers, man, and go get to what's yours. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, brother. And, and and speaking on that, man, you have my number, right? Yes, I do. I, I ask ask the people who come on my podcast how many of those people have my number. <laughs> I don't. Hey, I don't give that. I don't give that out to everybody. So with that, man, I, I got you. You you you're part of this family now. Okay. So yes, looking forward to hearing from you. Um, outside of what I see you doing. So, so keep in contact with that man because we're all connected, brother. That's how this podcast came about. This podcast, and once again, I've told this story a million times. This podcast came about. I've been dragging my feet on it for more than two years, probably closer to three. Um, I was involved in a car accident back in January. Three misplaced discs in my back and a tear in my left wrist. I couldn't train anymore. Had to put all my clientele on hold. That is how the podcast came about. So, uh. You know, and that's why I say, man, I applaud you, brother, for going in another direction when things didn't go a certain way. I can I can relate somewhat. Yes, sir, man. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. So do your thing, man. I received the uh, I received the commentary for you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being transparent. Keep doing what you're doing, and looking forward to hearing from you. Yes, sir. Peace, God. All right, brother. Later. All right. Me and the Crew, the 1523 Podcast, is a Leverett Gang original, presented and produced by Sean E. Leverett. Caleb Emanuel, Noah Clarence, and Urania Celeste are Leverett Gang producers. Please listen, like, follow, or subscribe on your preferred platform to receive our content first.